a well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking about polls. Yeah, no shortage of polls out there. seems like uh, every week we get a uh, poll one way or the other. Uh, support for gun control is growing. Support for gun control is dropping. Uh, over at Reason Magazine, J.D. Chuchilli has a uh, great post on why these polls don't offer much comfort for supporters of uh, gun control. We're going to uh, delve into that here in just a second. But before we do, you know, there is something else we need to talk about briefly. Biden's America which is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co., so you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last, and if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. So, as I mentioned, uh, at Reason, J.D. Tuchilli with a, a new piece, polls offer little support or little comfort for supporters of gun control, uh, noting that Americans support tighter laws, but not as much as they distrust government and like owning guns. Yeah. I, you know, I, I hesitate to put too much stock in uh, one particular poll or another, simply because they're not perfect snapshots of where Americans stand. You're talking to a few hundred, maybe a few thousand people in a nation of well over 300 million. So, uh, you know, I think you can maybe get a rough outline of uh, where folks are, but I don't think it uh, provides, again, a, a perfect detailed picture of uh, where people stand. Now, J.D. Tuchilli, uh notes that a recent Pew poll uh, found that 61% of uh, those surveyed say it's too easy to legally obtain a gun in this country. 30% say the ease of legally obtaining a firearm is about right. 9% say it is too hard. As Suchili notes, that's what gun control advocates like to hear, but it's really the only nugget of comfort that they will find in this Pew survey. Uh, Suchili notes that this same survey also found that 72% of U.S. gun owners say protection is a major reason why they own a firearm. And while a, a sizable majority of gun owners, 71%, say they enjoy having a gun, an even larger share, 81%, say they feel safer owning a firearm. Uh, another interesting nugget that Tuchili found out of this uh, Pew Research poll, about half of Americans who don't own a gun, 52%, say they could never see themselves owning one. But roughly the same number, 47% in this Pew survey, say that they could imagine themselves becoming gun owners in the future. Now, that, again, doesn't make them Second Amendment advocates. As we all know, being a gun owner and being a Second Amendment activist are two very different things. But you'd like to think that uh, those individuals who at least are uh, have considered the possibility, uh, or as uh, Tuchili notes, maybe already own a firearm but don't want to tell pollsters about that, uh, would be less inclined to this knee-jerk reaction of, well, yeah, we got to ban our way to safety here. 
Uh, Chuchilli notes that uh, Rutgers University's New Jersey Gun Violence Research Center, hardly a uh, hotbed of pro-Second Amendment activism, uh, recently assembled profiles of gun owners, applied them to those who claim not to own guns, and concluded that the gun-owning share of the population is probably much higher than the official figure, somewhere around, you know, 37, 38, maybe in some cases up to 40%. The authors of this report noted it may be that a percentage of firearm owners are concerned that their information will be leaked and that the government will take their firearms or that researchers are from universities that are typically seen as liberal and anti-firearm access will paint firearm owners in a bad light. Gee, why would any gun owner ever get that impression that uh, their information would be leaked? I mean, it's not like we've seen that in places like California, for example, right, where uh, Cal DOJ uh, supposedly inadvertently leaked the details of concealed carry holders on a, a government database, right? And we've also seen media types. Uh, it hasn't happened as much recently, but uh, even as recently as, you know, a decade or so ago, you would have newspapers back when, you know, print was still a thing, publish just lists of concealed carry applicants or those who had received their concealed carry license. Why? Because they could. Because that was a public record and they wanted to out those concealed carry holders. In fact, in uh, South Dakota, when lawmakers tried to make those names and information off limits to the press, the day before that law went into effect, uh, I think it was the, the uh, Argus leader in South Dakota, the, the state's biggest paper, sent its reporters down to the Secretary of State's office to just siphon up all the information about gun owners that they could, and again, publish those details, not because of any public benefit, because lawmakers have said, hey, this information's off limits, and the press said, uh, oh, yeah? Well, we're going to out as many of these folks as we possibly can. Tuchilli notes that uh, lying to researchers out of concern that the government will obtain and misuse survey responses uh, emphasizes a major challenge to gun control advocates. He notes that Americans overwhelmingly obtain firearms as a safety measure, but also view the government itself as dangerous. A, another Pew survey, this one from 2022, found that public trust in government remains low. Only two in ten Americans say they trust the government in Washington to do what is right just about always. Only 2% of respondents said that they uh, believe that the government in Washington will just about always do what's right. Uh, 19% said that they trust the government in Washington to do what is right most of the time. Now, again, that cuts across party lines. That's Democrats, that's Republicans, that's independents. Uh, Scott Rasmussen in 2021 found 58% of voters believe that the federal government today is a threat to the freedom and liberty of individual Americans. And again, that's true whether you're on the left or the right, right? If you're on the left, you're worried about things like access to abortion. Uh, if you're on the right, you're worried about things like access to your right to keep and bear arms. Uh, as Tuchilli notes, much of the negative feeling towards government has to do with who wields its power. And that means the politicians who are already in office are widely distrusted, but it also means that representatives of hostile political factions who gain office as one election gives way to another end up being distrusted as well. Roughly 80% of Republicans and Democrats alike say that the other political party, quote, poses a threat that if not stopped, will destroy America as we know it. That's from a 2022 NBC News poll. And as Chichilli says, if you distrust the government and you view it as a threat to your liberty, especially when control of its vast power falls on the hands of a political faction you fear, you will probably see submitting to government attempts to track and limit civilian arms as a risky move. For a population that seeks safety and gun ownership, Chichilli writes, complying with restrictive firearms laws is a step in the wrong direction, no matter what survey respondents say in the abstract. 
which is a really good point. I mean, we've talked before in this program about the contradiction on the left, the inherent contradiction between gun control supporters and those on the left who say, you know, listen, we've got to defund the police. We've got to reimagine policing. We need to completely reinvent our criminal justice system. And for the most part, the gun control groups, they try to go along, right? They'll say things like, well, police violence is gun violence, while exempting law enforcement from almost every one of their control laws. The truth is that the gun control movement has always relied on law enforcement. It has always relied on policing because fundamentally, it's about putting new laws on the books, and those laws have to be enforced. Otherwise, what's the point? So gun control is an inherent uh, believer in big government, in more policing, in more power to the state. And what you're seeing, I think, um, on the far left in a lot of cities is this uh, idea that, no, 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 we got to tear down all of the existing structures, right? All of the existing institutions. We're going to build something bigger and better and more beautiful on the ashes. But you still have to tear down everything that we have now. Gun control groups don't want that. Again, they want to build more governmental edifices. They want to increase the power and the authority of existing institutions, which does put them fundamentally at odds with those who distrust the government, whether it's at the uh, state, local, or federal level. Tuchili also notes that while uh, Americans... Her polls may indicate that a majority of Americans say it's uh, too easy to buy a gun. Americans keep buying a lot of guns. As he notes, gun sales are down from their peak, according to uh, analysis of FBI background check data. But Americans are still purchasing more than one million firearms per month. They're purchasing guns, he writes, which 74% of owners told Pew researchers in 2017 are essential to their freedom, and which 72% now tell those same researchers are key to their protection. They're lying about owning firearms to researchers who they fear might identify them to government officials and political opponents they don't trust. To put it bluntly to Chile Rights, this is not an encouraging environment for advocates of gun restrictions. They might pass laws and jurisdictions under their control, but getting people to obey is an uphill battle. And he's right about that. Uh, Tuchili notes, uh, goes back to 2016, uh, the aftermath of the New York Safe Act, where compliance with the uh, registration mandates uh, reported, widely reported, to be few and far between. An estimated about 15% of uh, gun owners in New York actually complying with those registration requirements. In fact, it got, it got so bad that the New York State Police ended up delaying the registration deadline because of the lack of compliance. They pushed it back an entire year, and then they just kind of stopped talking about it because they didn't want to acknowledge the fact that so many people Again, not violent criminals, but legal gun owners simply decided, no, I, I'm not going to uh, let you put my name on a list of gun owners around the state. And again, we've seen that same sort of noncompliance, not only in terms of gun owners, but in terms of the use of these gun control laws. Uh, for example, uh, New Mexico passed its universal background check law, I believe in 2018. The year after that law took effect, there were no instances, zero reported instances, of anybody being arrested and charged with violating that law, with transferring a firearm without putting the uh, buyer 
for the receiver of that gun through a background check. Same thing in Washington State, when they instituted their own universal background check system. You know, when some of these gun control laws or some of these gun control policies do become laws in blue states, what you realize pretty quickly is, oh, (laughs) they're not really useful at all. Maybe useful in terms of making it more legally dangerous to become a gun owner, but in terms of actually leading to violent criminals being arrested or prosecuted, no, not much of an impact. Now, of course, for the gun control advocates, that's baked into the cake, right? The failure of one law necessarily predicates the need for more gun control laws, according to their ideology. But I think that um, there is perhaps a, a, a law of diminishing returns uh, at work as well. Certainly in, you know, deep blue states like California, uh, no gun control measure is ever going to be enough. There's always going to be something else coming down the pike. But, you know, when you look at a place like New Mexico, for example, um, after the universal background check law was put in place, we actually saw Republicans gain a congressional seat in the uh, 2020 elections. There was a political repercussion. Same in Virginia. 2019, we had a a shooting at the uh, City Hall in Virginia Beach. Then-Governor Ralph Northam calling lawmakers back for a special session. Republicans basically gaveled in and gaveled out without passing anything. And Democrats used that to their advantage in the 2019 elections in Virginia. They captured both chambers of the statehouse for the first time in 30 years. You had a Democratic governor, so you had a Democratic trifecta. And one of the first things they did was go after legal gun owners. Now, the highest profile piece of legislation, a ban on so-called assault weapons, that actually died in a Senate committee when a couple of Senate Democrats voted against it, but they ended up passing, I think, five additional gun control measures during that session. And the next time that elections rolled around in 2021 in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Republicans nearly had a trifecta of their own. They captured the uh, uh, House of Delegates. They captured every statewide office, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general. And they came within two seats of taking back the state Senate. Uh, Since then, again, because of this divided legislature, we haven't really seen any move uh, one way or the other when it comes to the Second Amendment. No new gun control legislation has passed. No new pro-Second Amendment legislation has passed either. And we actually have elections coming up this November. I'm curious to see, uh, not only as a Virginia resident, but uh, just as a you know observer of politics, how these elections are going to shape up. Uh, Democrats have been you know uh, running on the idea. Not only, they're, they're not talking much about guns, by the way. Now the their their big issue has shifted to abortion, uh, and they know that they paid a political price after ramming through these gun control bills in Virginia just a, a couple of years ago. So I think that they are getting, no pun intended, a little gun-shy about revisiting the topic, at least on the campaign trail. Now, if they win election, if they are in a position uh, where they can, you know, push through gun control bills, oh, they will very quickly. And again, they'll do that until the voters smack them down, which happens on a regular basis. Not in the deep blue states like California, Massachusetts, and New York, but in those purple states, in those states where, you know, the political parties are roughly evenly divided. Gun control is still a losing issue for Democrats once they put those laws in place. And, you know, Tuchili didn't talk about this in his column, but I think there's another reason why any given poll is not great news 
for the gun control lobby. And that is if you take the 50,000-foot view, if you actually look at, at the gun control movement over the past, you know, 50 years or so, since the uh, mid-60s, I, I, would, I would call that the birth of the modern gun control movement. Um, their biggest success at the time, the Gun Control Act of 1968. But if you look at what those groups were demanding back then, and you look at where we are now, they have lost so much ground. You know, back then, Brady was called Handgun Control Incorporated, and their big idea was a ban on handguns. In Washington, D.C., they were able to enact that ban in 1976, took effect in 1977. 1976, they had a ballot referendum in Massachusetts that would have banned handguns. That actually lost in Massachusetts, how far that state has devolved over the decades. They were able to get a, uh, another gun ban in place in Chicago in the early 1980s. But that was it. That was the high watermark of the gun ban lobby 40 years ago. Now, of course, handgun bans deemed unconstitutional under Heller. Even in places like Chicago, not only are handguns owned by tens of thousands of residents lawfully, but you have tens of thousands of concealed carry holders in the Windy City. Again, something that would have been unthinkable to the gun control lobby just a couple of decades ago. And the number of firearms in this country hasn't dropped at all. Not only has the percentage of Americans who self-report as being a gun owner remained roughly the same, the number of firearms has grown because the population of the United States has grown bigger. So we now have some 400 million privately owned firearms in this country. That's a, a number far higher than it was in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or even the turn of the millennium. So the gun control groups are losing ground. Even in those states where they are able to pass more gun control laws, they have not eradicated gun ownership. You still see uh, incidents of self-defense. There was a uh, story out of, I think it was Oakland a couple weeks ago. We covered it here on, on Cam and Company, where uh, an individual lawfully used a firearm to protect themselves. And even in one of the most anti-gun locales in the country, the neighbors of that individual had nothing but praise for their actions. They talked about how dangerous their neighborhood was becoming, how, how crime was becoming more frequent. And none of them criticized their neighbor for owning a gun or using it to protect themselves. Instead, they uniformly, uh, again, uh, lauded that neighbor for exercising their right to keep and bear arms in self-defense. And that, I think, ultimately is what spells doom for the gun control lobby. They're never going to go away, at least not for the foreseeable future. They're too well-funded. Uh, they do have a base of support, so they're not going to disappear. But fundamentally, what J.D. Tuchilli was talking about is true. While there might be uh, a you know, large number of Americans out there who say, well, gosh, I, I, I think it's too easy to get a gun. There are also more Americans who say you should be able to get a gun. Who say, I'm concerned uh, about corruption. In the government, I'm concerned about authoritarian impulses in the government. I love my country, but I fear my government. Uh, you know that old bumper sticker, and that I think again is a challenge that the gun control lobby cannot overcome. And as they become more desperate, as rulings like Heller and Bruin take 
long-held policy goals off the table. Um, desperate people do dangerous things. And you're starting to see them lash out, right? We've got uh, Gabby, uh, no more guns, Giffords, kind of letting the mask slip. Uh, Gavin Newsom calling for a constitutional convention. You had the uh, group here for the kids show up at the Denver State Capitol demanding that uh, Governor Jared Polis sign an executive order banning the possession of firearms in this country. Uh, unserious suggestions made by ostensibly serious people because they know ultimately that their agenda is failing. And they could put up roadblocks. They can put up barriers to the exercise of this fundamental civil right. But what they can't do, what I think they'll never be able to do, is turn Americans against that right to the point that the Second Amendment would be repealed, that firearm ownership would be banned, that uh, we would be told Mr. and Mrs. America turned them in. And if it ever did get to that point, as J.D. Chuchilli says, then the anti-gunners would have to worry about compliance. And that would be few and far between in a country that casually disposed of one of our basic civil liberties. Now let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a, a case out of Missouri. Man on probation for fleeing police seriously injures a woman while fleeing police. It's in uh, St. Louis County, Missouri, where the uh, mayor there calling for all kinds of new gun control laws, even though in private text messages she's admitted that gun control ordinances in places like Chicago haven't done much at all. Uh, instead, maybe we should be focusing on the criminal justice system. Just a thought. Court records show that charges filed last week against 25-year-old Malik Lane are the third and fourth times since 2018 that he's been accused of fleeing from police officers, three times in a vehicle, once on foot. In the most recent case, Lane charged in St. Louis County with second-degree assault, two counts of resisting by fleeing, causing a serious risk of injury, as well as armed criminal action, currently being held on a $150,000 cash-only bond on those charges. He's accused of attempting to flee police last week uh, in the uh, first incident, uh, actually twice last week. First incident happened August 21st. He drove a Volkswagen Jetta through a busy strip mall, according to prosecutors, at a high rate of speed. While pedestrians were, you know, wandering about in the parking lot, police actually lost Lane uh, after he drove onto I-270 at a high rate of speed. Uh, but officers were able to see the suspect's face and obtain a description. It's unclear why they did not uh, initiate a pursuit. But uh, two days later, police located the same Jetta. The driver later identified as Lane, did a U-turn in the road. Officers attempted a traffic stop, but he took off once again. Um, as he fled, he got to a point where there's a red light. There's traffic that stopped there. He drove the vehicle uh, basically in the opposite direction. He was uh, uh, drove um, in a southbound direction in the northbound lanes. Police ended up deploying spike strips, which flattened the uh, tires of the Volkswagen. car then collided head-on with a Dodge. The driver suffering serious injuries in the crash, airlifted to a local hospital. Following the crash, Lane was taken into custody and placed under arrest. And again, police say that he was already on probation for felony fleeing arrest, or felony resisting arrest by fleeing. Uh, that case out of 2018 shows that uh, Lane fled a traffic stop at a high rate of speed. He pleaded guilty on May 24th, 2019, and was sentenced to five years supervised probation. He was still on that probation again when he got into this most recent entanglement with law enforcement. Uh, while on probation in that case, KMOV reports that court records show Lane had multiple violations 
the judge overseeing the case on two separate occasions, uh, ordered his probation be suspended and issued a warrant. First time probation was suspended, Lane posted a $5,000 bond and was released. So it wasn't about, wasn't about keeping behind bars to show that there were serious consequences. It was, okay, yeah, we're going to keep you here until you can cough up some money, which he apparently quickly did. The second time, followed charges in St. Louis County that he again attempted to flee officers who were trying to arrest him on foot. Charges in that case filed in May of 2020. He pleaded guilty in June of 2022 to resisting arrest and was sentenced in that case to another <clears throat> three years of probation. So again, you've got a repeat offender and the court system is just cycling them in and out as quickly as possible. And it doesn't matter how many times he runs from police. doesn't matter what uh, underlying charges he might have faced had he not ran from police. doesn't matter that he violates his probation and flees from police when he's on probation for fleeing police. The criminal justice system is engaged in a catch-and-release policy. When it comes to uh, not just Mr. Lane, but again, I, I would say a majority of the defendants who are popping up. So, again, the politicians in St. Louis, they say, well, you know, the, the answer here is more gun control, right? We've got to uh, end firearms preemption. That's the uh, big push right now in uh, St. Louis and Kansas City, trying to get a ballot referendum before voters in November of next year that would allow cities like St. Louis and Kansas City to pass whatever kind of gun control laws they wanted. All of them, again, aimed at legal gun owners. Meanwhile, repeat offenders. Well, we'll see you again soon. I'm surprised that we don't have a, a little card we hand out now. Just, you know, your 10th arrest, get out of jail free without even having to post bond, just like you uh, get at a sandwich shop. Today's Armed Citizen story from Houston, Texas, where a uh, suspected car burglar was shot by a, a uh, owner uh, there in the uh, southwest side of the city. Um, police say the uh, burglar had a gun of his own and a, a shootout took place between the uh, owner of the vehicle and the uh, the car thief. The vehicle uh, owner told Houston Police Department that they noticed their car had been broken into, and then they spotted two individuals nearby. Uh, that is when the uh, shootout began, he said. Suspects allegedly stole a handgun from the car before the shootout. So I'll, I'll just interject this right here. Don't leave your fire. Look, I don't think it should be a crime for you to be the victim of a burglary in which a gun is stolen. But don't be dumb. Don't don't leave a handgun in an unsecured vehicle. If you're inside your house for the night, bring the gun in with you. It takes two seconds. You shouldn't leave any valuables in your car, quite frankly. It doesn't matter if it's a firearm or your wallet or, you know, anything else. A pane of glass is not going to stop a committed thief from getting inside that vehicle and taking whatever is in there that they want. So we have seen, unfortunately, a really troubling number of uh, firearms that have been stolen from vehicles. So here is your friendly reminder. Don't leave your gun just, you know, stashed in your center console. If you're going inside for the night. Take your fireman. Anything else that uh, you want to keep with you. Because if you leave it in your car, it might not be there in the morning. Uh, one of these suspects in this particular case was shot by the uh, car owner. Officers applied a tourniquet at the scene. He was later taken to the hospital in an unknown condition. Nobody else injured, according to uh, Houston police. It's unclear right now if the second suspect got away, but uh, thankfully the uh, car owner not injured in that uh, shootout with the uh, suspected thieves. 
Finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. A a couple in uh, Kansas City, I believe, or at least uh, in the Kansas City area, who, uh, I'm sorry, no, I I take that back. Uh, Jennings County, Indiana, I guess this story has gone at least regional, if not national. A a couple uh, trying to find the owner of a uh, missing dog ends up saving a man's life, which is Pretty amazing. In the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing in a a couple of different respects there. The uh, couple uh, came across the uh, loose dog this past Saturday. They wanted to help find the owners, according to uh, the sheriff in Jennings County, Indiana. So they're going door to door. They've got the dog. Just knocking on it. Hey, do you know who owns this thing? And um, they hear somebody yelling for help inside one of the homes. The man was able to enter the home and found uh, what authorities describe as an elderly male who needed immediately uh, immediate medical attention. Apparently, this guy had been on the floor of his home for two days yelling out for help, but nobody had heard him. Good Samaritans called 911. The man rushed to a hospital. One of the first responders told deputies, quote, if he hadn't been found soon, might not survive much longer. The uh, dog ended up being taken to animal control, where thankfully she was reunited with her owners and taken back home. So uh, not only... Were this uh, couple able to uh, restore this pooch to the dog's family, but uh, again, save a life in the process. Um, the uh, Jennings County Sheriff's Office says thank you to these good Samaritans for their kindness and caring about the dog, but also potentially saving the elderly male. Dogs truly are man's best friend. Although it was not her owner, this pup breaking loose likely saved a life. Well, I tell you what, I'm not going to credit the dog. I'm going to credit the uh, the the, the uh, humans who uh, tried to do the right thing and returning that dog and ended up again saving a stranger's life in the process. So, good girl, but uh, even better human beings. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company, and I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. But don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We're keeping you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. If you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to BarionArms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and not only will you be supporting the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism that we're doing there at Barion Arms, but you will get the, uh, well, exclusive content, news stories analysis you won't find anywhere else, in addition to the warm, fuzzy feelings that you get. So there you go. We do appreciate your support very much. And again, you can uh, find out more at BarionArms.com slash subscribe. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then... Be well, be safe, and be free.